Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Will here at Schedulefly, and I've got a legend on the phone, Don Nickel from uh, Taco Lou down in Jacksonville Beach, Florida. Um, and uh, I appreciate you taking the time today, Don. Hey, my pleasure. That's a hell of an introduction. Well, you know, I, seriously, the guys at uh, the guys at Willie Taco, Kenneth Cribb and that crew in sure. Spartanburg, they uh, he told me years ago that when they were you know developing that concept that they came to see you and you were like the, the godfather of uh, that concept <laughs> for the industry. So uh, they had well, so many great things to say about you. And uh, I just I always remember that. And Kenneth has been, uh, I mean, he's he's brought you up multiple times over the years when we've talked and he has a big, big, you know, a fond admiration for you. And I can see why, man, you've run a great business for a long time. And, hey, uh, thanks. Well, you know, they're, we're big fans of theirs too, because they took their little taco stand in Spartanburg and turned it into three or four things. And now they've got, couple other concepts where we're just sitting here in our own little one little joint here at the beach well man it's a it's a great joint though it's an institution that's for sure well, thank um, you. Thank you. and uh the how long have y'all been there uh this is our we opened in 08 down yeah. the street and in 2012 we moved into this current building we're in now which is the old homestead you know which is a it's been a restaurant since 1947 it was a very very famous here for fried chicken and you know like cream mm. peas and that kind of home style stuff and then uh, somehow the building just became available the owners the original owners are long gone and we just I, you know i almost passed up the opportunity man wife said you're out of your mind let's go look at it so we were we're only three or four blocks down the street so we ended up uh in this building you know i have been here for our eighth year so pretty solid are you a lifelong restaurateur no, I was in. No, I mean I've been in. I was with Sticky Fingers since uh, about '98. But before that, I was in retail furniture and just doing stuff for the guys that started Sticky Fingers. Uh, are kids I grew up with, and the, one of the guys' dad asked me to come work for him in Charleston. I was just had. I was in this horrible job in Knoxville, Tennessee, doing. I mean like weird mainframe computer maintenance sales is awful. So when I got the opportunity to move to Charleston, I said, what do you want me to do? Sweep the warehouse floor. And so I just started doing, you know, customer service for him. And then the guys at sticky started in 92, you know, and I guess by 95 or six, they'd had three or four restaurants just raging. I think one of those guys just bought an airplane. I'm like, yeah, I'd love to get involved. <laughs> <laughs> so that, I mean, you know, you jump from the pot into the fire from retail furniture seven days a week to restaurant business so it wasn't that big a, a switch for me yeah you know it's not like i was working in a bank and then i decided to jump in the restaurant but that, that's a cold hard road right there yeah sure sure sticky i didn't realize you came from that group and it wasn't uh let me think was dave lorenz uh at Mex oh, yeah. He, okay yeah oh yeah yeah great dude. he's one of my favorite dudes out of that place he's he's crushing it right now well i mean right now he's surviving like the rest of us but you know he up until you know six weeks ago they had a bunch of stuff going on, and they still do. Yeah, you know what? I had him on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. You ought to check out his episode. Oh, cool. He's uh, he said they were, you know, I think I've done a lot of these recently, but I think Dave said they were, you know, basically breaking even right now. Um, yeah, and uh, which that, is that's good, phenomenal. That's a success story <laughs> right there. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that's like a raging success. Right now. <laughs> it is. Uh, he is a great dude. Um, and yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I've gotten to know him a little bit over the years. Really have a lot of. Uh, admiration for him. So, uh, well, cool, man. Well, okay. So I didn't realize that. So, um, well, now Jacksonville Beach is 
remind you're just north of Ponte Vedra Beach, is that right? Yeah, basically we have three beaches here, Jacksonville, Atlantic Beach, and Neptune are kind of the same. Jack's Beach is the big one in the middle, and Ponte Vedra is the next beach down. So, Okay. I mean, we get we get a lot of customers from Ponte Vedra. Of course, TPC is down there, and we do that yeah. the players. And then we got three good days out of it this year, and then they shut it down. Is, we, uh, got, we got a tent by number 12. Okay, got it, got it. Are um, Is Sierra Grill still down there? Do they still have a location there? They do. They closed a couple, and then a couple are just we're still rocking. The one that's down in Ponte Vedra right at the – St. John's County line right there is uh, still there, and then I think they've got a couple in town as well. Is that the one where the target is? Yeah, exactly. Dude, that was my, the reason I'm asking that is when I got out of college, it's funny you mentioned the bank. I got out of college, I had a job lined up at a bank in the fall here right. in North Carolina, and I was dating a girl that was from Ponte Vedra Beach at the time, and uh, yeah, they lived in uh, they lived in Marsh Landing, and so they invited me to come spend the. Uh, summer down there and I, and I was like all right so I go up go down there and her dad is one of the owners or investors in uh, Sierra Grill so I was a salsa oh. boy Monday through Friday from 10 to 2 I made salsa and then I sold Cutco knives uh in the afternoon I know this chick I know this what's her name can you say it out loud you don't have to. Oh, no, no. Uh, I mean, I don't even I'm, know I don't know her married name but uh her name was uh, her name was Tally Bruce her dad was Bob Bruce um I've met Bob Bruce here, and I was like, oh, really? You still own Sierra Grill? Like, I didn't realize there were still, like, I don't know. He's, like, the guy that owns them, but he doesn't run them, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't run them. He just, uh, he just did, you know, he did, like, a lot of investment stuff and real estate yeah. and everything else. But Love that guy. Yeah, but we did, yeah, so I, I learned to make, I, I, I mean, that was it, man. I, I was making, because they had that, um, it was, like, kiwi mango papaya salsa was one of their big ones that people really liked or whatever, and, uh. But that was my gig, man. I'd roll up ten to two, making salsa, uh, so, then go sell some Cutco knives to Mrs. Bruce's friends. Are you friends. working there? Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. Every- oh, I didn't think I didn't. I missed that part. So listen, when when we opened Sticky Fingers, I was in Charleston. I was still working for Jeff's dad in the furniture business, and then I'd come down here on Sunday, and and my brother was down here, and we're like demoing the building, and I'd be here for two or three days, and I'd go back to training at Sticky Fingers and working in the furniture store. Sierra Grill was in the same parking lot that Sticky was. And I was so excited because I'm like, yes, what? I get tacos in the parking lot all day long. And one day I show up, one Sunday I show up, my brother looks at me and goes, dude, you're going to be so mad. I'm like, why? He goes, Sierra Grill closed today. I'm like, what? So I was super mad until I found out Starbucks was opening up there. And this is 20 years ago. Yeah. 20 years ago. So I was like, oh, wow, Starbucks, that's cool. That's- you know, I barely, probably barely knew it was coming I never lived in a town with a Starbucks, I don't think, until until that. So when Starbucks moved in, I was I was okay with it, but I was, I was mad I couldn't get there. Because, you know, you love the little salsa bar and all the stuff you do in your yeah. Sierra Grill, for sure. Oh, yeah, man. No, I ate it every single day. I would work 10 to 2 making salsa, and then I would get, you know, whatever. I, I'd get, I actually got the... Uh, I'd get, I'd like make a shrimp quesadilla, but, uh, yeah, no, that was, that's funny. So I do know your area, man. I really liked it down there. Uh, it's a great oh, area. Do you, do you remember where, you remember where Adventure Landing was on Beach Boulevard? Uh, no, I don't. GTB, Beach Boulevard, well, that's, that's where we are, right okay. on Beach Boulevard, almost at the Intercoastal, so. Okay, Not God. far from Sierra Grill. Yeah, man, that's a good area. One of my, one of my managers would go get a pint of that hot salsa they have. Oh and yeah, bring it to work, and we just crush it. We, <laughs> you know, crush, crush it while we work. That's awesome. Well, I tell you one thing yeah, that it, it's a it's a great place. It's hot as heck in the summer down there. But um, yeah, I know. Right uh, now we're in the cat. I mean, COVID brought the beautiful weather with it. I'll tell you that. I was watching TV the other day, and 
met some scene from Korea and they got hazmat suits and it's 50 degrees and it's raining and umbrellas. And I'm thinking, man, this must be really tough to handle if the weather sucks. Cause right now, ever yeah. since TPC week was, you know, March 9, 10, supposed to be through like the 15th or 16th. And we got shut down halfway through it. And the week before that it rained a little bit and it couldn't have been more perfect for the golf. And it has been perfect since until about three days ago. And it's rained cats and dogs for a couple of days but now we're back to a 70 degree and it's gorgeous but uh, it'd be tough to handle in cruddy weather i'm sure oh yeah no i can't even imagine real we have it's great here in charlotte today too no you're right um so one one silver line we're trying to find every silver lining we can right now aren't we don I mean, like whatever it may be um the little you're talking about the little things that's exactly right yeah man um well okay so are y'all, uh, you know, I'm just talking to owners all around the country. It's just been really fascinating listening to what, what people are doing, how they're managing through this, what they're changing about the business, you know, to sort of try to plan for an uncertain future. Did, did you, um, are y'all doing takeout right now? We are. We okay. went from uh, TPC week was basically spring break week for everybody. We had a record week, mm-hmm. despite the fact that we were only at TPC for three days. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Thursday we found out it's shut down, so we just took everything home. And this is a huge, huge effort event for Alvin. We have a giant Cisco truck with a hundred, couple hundred cases of shrimp and you know uh, fish and cheese. And so, you know, luckily we have a place to sell that. We get kicked out by coming back here to the restaurant, but still had a record week. And of course, I think Florida got a little bit of a black eye for having all these kids on the beach and all that. But you know. It all happened so fast. And then they said 50 people only can come in. And I'm telling you, Will, I've never worked so hard for 50 people in my life. What's your capacity? Uh, I got 180, I think, inside, 179, something like that. Oh, so you got cut by – wow. Okay, so you were down from 180 to 50. That's like a 75% cut. Fifty for me is is six or eight people because we had this – you know, this is an old house from the early 1900s. So there's a dining room, there's a fireplace room, and there's a – so I could put six or eight people in five or, you know, seven rooms. And you talking about distancing, it would have been perfect. I got this big mm. patio, which I could put another 40 or 50. But, you know, 50 for us is empty. And 50 for a bunch of other places at the beach is capacity. So it kind of didn't make a lot of sense. Not that I care. I mean, I don't – I think it's kind of – we didn't really know what the hell was happening anyway. But So we just got used to and getting quite good at managing 50 people. We, had, we all have the app with the clicker and two out, two in and – Mm. You know, for like two hours in the middle of the day, we'd be at 38 people. And I'd walk by, how many you got? 38. All right. So here we go. And then they said, T- take away only. I'm like, oh, my God. And so for, I don't know, four or five days, I was sure. You know, I don't want to order too much. I didn't want to get too far ahead because at some point I'm like, they're going to shut this down and nobody's going to be able to go anywhere. And then it took another week, I guess, for us to really realize that it's not going to get shut down completely. I mean, we did the stay at home or safer at home thing here in Florida. And, you know, I keep, I said, we need to be the Chick-fil-A of takeaway here at the beach because, ah, yeah. you know, you talk about, you talk about legendary, I mean, say what you want about Chick-fil-A, but you don't ever get in a line to go drive through anywhere with more than three or four cars in it, but Chick-fil-A, it'll be 15 cars and you're like, all right, here we go. Yeah. And they just blaze you through. So we, yep. had, we had, despite the shortcomings we have for takeaway, like two phone lines, that hurts. But, it's, you know, that's one more than I've needed in the last eight years, you know. So uh, we set it up in the parking lot. I, I have these paint, these tablets that you can pay at the table, which somehow the Wi-Fi reaches out into the parking lot. So people come in. We set up the valet stand as a 
you pull up, tell them your name, you pay for your, you pay right there, and then you pull around, and either we bring it out to you right then, or you wait for it to come out. But if it's called it in, it's really not that big a deal. But it is, it is an entire transition to go 100% takeaway. Because you're, we we wrap every single, we were wrapping every single taco in, you know, foil to go. I mean, it might be six or seven, I don't know, maybe nine percent of our sales to go. Hmm. So when you go from nine percent to a hundred, all of a sudden we're like scratching our heads, going, "Oh." So we tried to come up with some new ways to package stuff, and you know, I'm not going to limit the menu or put it. I mean, I'm limiting it, but I'm not going to put it. I'm not going to be like, you can get this bulk back for 10 bucks or 10 people or whatever. So, you know, we just, I still have 15 to 20 people working every shift and we are just doing our best to get people in and out. What it, okay. So 10% was takeout and now it's a hundred percent of your revenue. What percent of right. your revenue are you doing right now compared to what you would have planned based on, you know, previous years? Well, well, I will tell you that up until Tuesday, we were at about a solid 30, 33, 34% of what we normally do. Okay. But I just began selling margaritas in takeout containers, like little gallon jugs, but they're, they're gallon jugs, but they're a quart, they're quart jugs. They're shaped like a gallon jug. They're cute. Yeah. And it is, I mean, people are begging, man. I just have such a knee jerk reaction to giving people booze in their car, you know, but I got over that finally. Yeah. And we we're now, I mean, we've just, it's been, you know, it's, our liquor mix is probably 26% or something on a good week, you know, maybe Friday it's higher, but, uh, so I think we're going to be right back around there again this week. So I've added 25% to what we were doing. So now we're up to like 40, maybe 45%. I haven't looked for the whole week yet, but mm. you know, when you do a couple of grand and margaritas, the same people are buying all the tigos. It, it's a nice little cushion. Well, the longer we're cooped up, the more that alcohol you might sell, my friend. Listen, be uh, I hear you. I understand that you know. There's just it just seems weird. There's a lot of cognitive dissonance. Was like, okay, we're going to send people home with hard alcohol, but uh, under the circumstances, man, I'm glad y'all. I'm glad y'all are able to do that. We're we're stuck in this crazy situation in North Carolina. I can't even find another state. I know there's other states where this is the case. I know there are. I don't know what they are. But I can tell you that every single customer I've talked to so far on this podcast, in every other state but North Carolina, is able to do that should they choose to. We freak, we can't do it here. Like our customers Probably. in North Carolina cannot send our ABC board is that backward and uh. Yeah, that's I, it's crazy. We, had, uh, we were in Wilmington. Sticky Fingers was in Wilmington. Yeah. My brother opened that restaurant up. This is the fourth, uh, the fifth one right before we opened here in in Jack's Beach or Atlantic Beach and. I remember him saying how brutal all that, everything from, from, you know, getting your, you know, getting through the application process and opening and then inspections and then COs and all that kind of stuff was just brutal. And then moving forward, I remember, I remember the guys going, God, North Carolina is just brutal. Maybe, maybe just Wilmington, but North Carolina for sure. Cause then we opened a couple in Charlotte as well, mm-hmm. sticky fingers, but, but we, I was pretty impressed at how early our stay, the governor or whatever, I had to read it. I had to reread it like three times. I'm like, wait, you're telling me that my on premise liquor license now I can sell stuff in to go sealed container. No definition of a sealed container. And I said, you know what, I'm just not going to do it. And then the ATF shut some people down in Gainesville, and then like the next day we got this big letter from like the Florida Restaurant Association where the governor went to bat again, not a, you know to, to bat because 
I mean, it's like marijuana. It's legal in 30 states, but federally it's illegal. So how, who is drawing that line, right? Well, they, I guess they just put, uh, had a talk with the feds, I guess, and said, look, we're, they're going to do this because it's, everybody needs it and everybody wants it. And it helps us. I mean, really, obviously this morning I said to somebody, I'm like, man, I'm not going to say that I regret not selling margaritas three for these last three weeks, but might've been a good decision because this week has been just crazy if I had, but you know, it's just one of those things you got to get your head around. It's not like anybody's going anywhere. They're going home. I know. I was going to say they're not, you know, they're, they're, that's right. They're probably not coming from far and they got nowhere else to go. So So that's been received pretty well. We're even selling, uh, we've got, you know, we buy these barrels of tequila from Herradura and Patron and we've had a Milagro barrel and that's 300 something bottles of tequila that you, that you, commit to and then we're sitting in your closet i have 230 bottles of this incredible single and yeah single barrel and yeho patron and it's just sitting there and so this week along with the margaritas we decided to just sort of put this out there and sell this bottle of of uh of patron i mean it's unique nobody else has it and if we're selling it for what you can get a regular and yeho at at the local liquor stores and we sold like 15 of them this week already so oh, that's awesome Good. You know, I got 235 of them in the closet, and they're just sitting there. You know, so I might as well move them. And I got another barrel coming in from Herodura right now, <laughs> which we ordered months ago. You know, so it's just been—it's been weird. You know, it's been weird. I—I worked for three weeks in a row, like we just opened a new restaurant, mm. and for you know 30 percent of what we had been doing for the last several years, and I'm just thinking to myself, man, this is brutal. And I have every manager's here. I haven't laid anybody off. I haven't fired anybody. Really? Because this is, well, this industry, you know, is, if I, I got 125 employees, I bet 40 of them, kids like my son, who doesn't need to take a shift away from somebody. You know, he's 18, he lives in my house. <laughs> and I have a bunch of kids who are like, hey, man, I don't need to work, but if you need me, let me know. And that's what I've heard from a bunch of kids. And with 20 people a shift, probably 15 to 20 people each shift, we're, we're kind of getting anybody who wants to work is working mm. uh and i'm telling you the tip situation is off the charts because people are super thankful they can they don't have to cook they're super thankful that we're out here in the public serving people and they just are showing it it's really it's really incredible love hearing that man loves love knowing that that's wonderful and I, man i'm i think you're the first person i've talked to that hasn't had to lay any lay anybody off yet did you do the ppp loan I did. I applied for it. I have not, uh, you know, as my accountant says, I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Parent, uh, my banker, the woman has an operating account, called me and said, do you want me to put you on the list? Because it's first up for us. I said, well, sure. And then, like, when the apps came out, I got it in. I'd already talked to my accountant about it. And uh, we were, I got it in. I got all my stuff. And then six hours later, I got an email that says, oh, the application changed. You got to do it again. But that was easy. I mean, that was annoying, but it was easy. Yeah. And so Monday morning or over the weekend, she texted me and said, look, I'm just going to turn, I'm going to do your paperwork. I'm going to do your application myself. So, okay, awesome. And like Monday night, which is, you know, now 10 days ago, she said, almost it was a week ago, Monday, she says, you're approved and the money's been allocated. I'm like, well, what does that mean? So literally two days ago, I got a call from the same bank in Atlanta and they needed more reports, so I don't know. Who knows? Oh my God! Well, who who is your uh, who's your bank? Ameris Bank used to be Jacksonville Bank. Been okay. bought. Uh, I'm not even sure how big they are, but they seem to be a little more 
uh, a, a little more a bigger company than Jacksonville Tech was. So your banker was texting you on the weekend and working on this stuff for you over the weekend. Well, yeah, because she's she's not she used to be the branch manager here, but then she's been you know all the good ones leave you and they move up into the yeah higher ups and she. I mean, this is the first weekend, so she's just blazing through. I just happened to text her when I saw my email. I'm about as good at email as I am voicemail, so I think with the email that I got Friday night saying you got to redo it, I didn't see it till Sunday morning. So I just, I mean, we've become friendly over the last. I got her family and her husband, and they come in here all the time. Yeah. So it's not like I just see her at the bank, but in fact, I see her more over the bar than I see her at the bank. But uh, I said, oh man, you know, I didn't see this until whatever, but I'll get it to you. And she said, look. Just get me the new application, and I'll do your. Yeah, I mean, she's awesome. What's get her me your application? And I'll do it. What's her name? Aaron Scott. Aaron Scott. There you go. Props yeah. to Aaron Scott. I, I, yeah, I got to tell dude. you, man. I'm I'm really trying. I'm I'm trying to give credit where I can on these podcasts for <laughs> bankers that are doing a good job because, particularly, I think that the small. I, I don't know how big Ameris is, but they're not. You know, they're not Wells Fargo. No. They're not B of A. They're well, not. I mean, they're they're. That's, you know. A lot of folks are having a lot of challenges with that, and it's not the banker's fault. It's the institution's no. issue. But well, uh, I feel like a lot of folks are going above and beyond for their customers right now, a lot of community yeah, bankers. Absolutely. and uh, So she is, and you know, props to her. And this is this is the payoff because I was with Wells. Yeah. Covia forever, Wells Fargo. And, I mean, I would walk in there and, and with some kind of request or question, and I was – you know, not poorly treated, but you'd think the same manager would be there a few weeks in a row. And so, and I had a ton of money in the operating account because it's, you know. So one day I had a conversation with her on the, my patio and I said, you know what? I am going to leave Wells and come to you. And, you know, I'm worried about your online presence. I'm worried about this and that. So I'm so over the fact that and she was like, I'm your person in the bank. So, of course, she was there for a couple of years before she got promoted. And obviously, she's still a presence for me at the bank. And she, you know, that's. Exactly. It's not, I don't, it's nowhere near as big as Bank of America or Wells or any of that stuff. And she's got the time and she, I'm so glad that I did it, you know? Well, you know, it's, she's been perfect. I tell you what, um, the, the small bank value proposition is really shining right now, which is, okay, yeah, we may not have all these efficiencies and technologies and all this stuff that we don't have the billions of dollars to invest into like some of these big banks, but guess what? None of that stuff matters right now. Literally none of it matters, right? What matters is, do you have a relationship with the person at your bank that is advocating for you and helping you? And there you go. Boom. This is where community banks really, really shine, I think. And uh, I think that's true with just a lot of things now. Anything that's, you know, anything that has been sold for the reasons of just a pure technology play, pure efficiencies and all that kind of stuff. Well, guess what? When something's super efficient and some you know, unprecedented event comes along like this. None of that matters. <laughs> you know, like it's all about people right now. Same with restaurants. Look, man, this is why yeah. I think that, um, I think that independent restaurants like yours are while you're hit the hardest right now and you have fewer yeah. resources, maybe than some of the change to kind of muscle through sure. this people, but, people are all just like you and, and your banker, that relationship's important. I think that the communities that y'all serve right now are realizing and remembering how valuable their relationship with their independent local, independent restaurant is. That's why they're supporting y'all. That's why they're giving big tips. And that's why as, as this, you know, clears out, you are going to get more support probably than that. In fact, your challenge may be at some point, once everybody really feels good, or if there's a vaccine, it's going to be like, how the hell do we manage, you know, like we're over, you know, we can't keep up with all the business. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. And, and, and for, and especially for those of us who can maintain and stay the minute that 
veil is lifted or whatever, I mean, it's going to take weeks for a lot of people to get back up and running. And, you know, that, that is just so much, so fewer restaurants to, who can serve the public, you know, there's so many people just shut down, yeah. you know, like, uh, yeah. And, and some, a lot of them have come back because they realize it's not going to be two weeks and their restaurants clean and they don't want to furlough or fire everybody for too many months. So you know, a lot of them have come back and did, to go and stuff, but, but you know, the other, the other thing about us being, you know, a solo property or whatever is that we're nimble. I mean, we can change today. Like right now, I could I could switch my entire menu down to whatever we want, or I could. Whereas the big guys, you know, I mean, that's a lot of work changing a menu, and uh, we just have a little. We're a little more light, light footed, and yeah, a little quicker when we react. And and you know, luckily we have a great relationship with the bank and with Cisco and some other people that do pros and stuff. And they've been you talk about being supportive. Those guys are trying their hardest to keep trucks and truckers and working, but there's you know it's hard when there's nobody to deliver to. So they 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 curtailed their delivery schedule a little bit. But they if we had any problems, you know Cisco's been great as well. But you know, my brother is in Wyoming. He's got a little barbecue place. A lot like Sticky Fingers. Got like 50 seats, and he is the same thing. We're all like to go only or whatever. He's when he opened this place. You know, he could, he could only go to like Red Lobster when he was when it was his wedding, his anniversary or something. He was with Outback, so Outback moved him to Casper from Denver, and he went off on his own. And you know, he's he's crushing it again. He's only got his overhead is a fraction of one, but they're doing takeout like crazy, and we're all just sitting here scratching our heads trying to figure out what's what's going on. Where, where is Oh Casper? Did you say in Wyoming? Yeah, just northeast of Denver, about four hours. He was in Denver with with Outback, and then they made him a proprietor and you know he thought he thought his life was over when he went to casper but you know casper's such a small market that outback was crushing it yeah and but the, you know but then now they've had all the big box guys move in and but he's still you know again he's the local guy people want to support him yep they want to drive through just like here through the parking lot and it's been cool but again if 30 percent is the new flat we're killing it you know what i mean so well you know people know that all the money they spend with you is staying Local, staying in the local right. economy. They, when they go to Outback, they don't like. Well, where does this money go? Who you know? Right. <laughs> so, well, um, yeah, man. Well, hey, let me ask you this: Do you um? You may have mentioned this. I may have missed it, so forgive me. But do you own the building that you are in? I do. You do? okay? Good. We we were about to open a second location across town. I had the SBA approval, everything going, but it was one of those things where it was going to be six months before we could close this deal because we had a land use zoning change and all kinds of stuff. And the guys from this place called me, the adventure landing, the little, uh, uh, you know, putt putt and go-karts and water park over here that they own this property and this building. And they called me and said, Hey, the last people just moved out. Come on in. But I was sitting in 3,200 square feet and this is 7,200. I'm like, man, this is too big. Yeah. But 2,500 of that is upstairs. That's where my offices are. And you know, a thousand boxes full of stuff we should throw away. So we when we just ditched the second location, changed the address on the SBA loan, and basically just bought this property instead. And it turned out to be a great move. But I was freaking out about you know the overhead change. So I made a few bad decisions early, and I'd love to have back. But you know, that's the way it goes. Oh man! Well, it sounds like a sounds like a really unique building too. And uh, over time, oh, cool. it, you know, I'm sure it's going to be a great investment for you. Even if you know you, you retire or move or whatever one day, you'll. Um, you know, that'll be a great property to have. So, um, and when you come down for your Sierra Grill reunion, you can come <laughs> and hang out. 
<laughs> uh, oh man, that is hilarious. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad that one's still there. I had I, I, I had heard that. I got a buddy that lives in Orlando, and he's up there every now and then. He sent me a p- picture of it a couple years ago. He went there and ate. But uh, wow, yeah. You know, I need to come down. I mean, I've always wanted to come down and meet you and your crew because, like I said, I mean, Kenneth has been so complimentary. And by the way, I have to tell you something. You you said the coolest thing to this day. We've been doing this 13 years, and the one of the best compliments I think we've ever had is uh, Kenneth called me like I don't know, whatever it was whenever they were starting five six seven years ago and uh and uh he had signed up for Schedule Fly and he called me one day we called our 800 number and I answered whatever and he was talking to me he goes man he goes I had a quick question about Schedule Fly but I got to tell you you know met this guy, your customer down in Jacksonville Beach, Don Nickel. He's at a place called Taco Lou, and he was telling me about Schedule Fly, and he said, Kenneth, have you ever driven a golf cart? And I was like, yeah. He goes, well, it's kind of like learning to drive a golf cart. You just kind of get in it, and you just figure it out, and you go, and it's real easy. <laughs> I was exactly like, oh, my right. gosh, man, that is the coolest. Way. Uh, that was just, just – uh, That's funny. That's exactly – like that's Wes has written all of our software. He designed this, and he used to work in a restaurant, and – I know that meant a lot to him because that was always his philosophy from the early days. It's like, we just need to keep this really simple and really easy and don't ever complicate anything and just, you know, let people you know, well, kind of figure it out as they go. So I appreciate let me that. You, let, me, let me tell you my quick, it's a quickie. Yeah. Because we we're in a tiny place up the street. I could see every single table in the dining room and the bar from the host stand. And so we buy this cover, we move in, we move in. And we opened the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. Uh-huh. And we literally were operating Sunday in the other building. We're always closed on Mondays. So Sunday night, we emptied that place out. And I had this landlady's, I don't know, Satan. Just one way to put it. I literally had to, I didn't have to sneak out. Like, I wasn't breaking the lease. I was moving out in October, but I had the lease until the, until the next March. And I wasn't sneaking out. But when I told her that I wasn't going to renew the lease, she kind of went, ballistic on it's weird she's crazy so anyway we move out sunday night everything goes in monday we already have the health inspector ball while we open tuesday so i'm already worn out we open we're tuesday wednesday thursday's thanksgiving first two nights we're open tuesday wednesday it's crush city because people want to see the new place see if we messed it all up and uh i guess and so but i remember the host going well, party of two, and she would have to go from the host stand to the out the front door. She'd have to go through the bar to the front patio. She'd have to go through the bar to the back patio. I'm like, oh my god, I can't. We can't do this. Like they don't. Even if you know that Will's wearing a blue plaid shirt, they'll never find him. So I wake up Thursday morning and I say, all right, I got two things I need to take care of. One is I got to get a way to alert people that we are open or no, that their table's ready. So we found no way, uh-huh. right? Next thing was schedule fly because, you know, we all those years, like everybody, we would have this piece of paper that we'd write and work all week on. And then, boom, we'd post it and then just you might as well dump a gallon of paint on it because everybody's picking up shifts and <laughs> yeah. scratching it out. And you can't read it after a couple yeah, days. Yeah. So, I mean, so I called and I said, look, we've got – I called, uh, you know, X amount of employee. I don't even know how we even did it back then, but – that week, right then, we started. Those are the two things I needed to figure out: how to get people seated, and absolutely how to get people scheduled. And it, it was a it was a super easy transition because you know, obviously, like driving a golf cart, you just jump in, and then and then all of a sudden, all the managers had nothing like you got to approve and disapprove or whatever uh, shifts. But 
no big nasty pieces of paper and it was super clear who's working super clear where they're supposed to be and you know it just uh kind of really changed our operations on that side of of the dime which is which is you know how much is that labor part of the whole program or problem or issue you know what i mean that's, yeah. that's a huge huge load off of your mind if you can well, you get it set up and then boom you just knock the schedules out because i haven't done a server schedule in a million years it's a lot easier doing managers when you have six or eight managers versus yeah. 60 or 70 servers but you know it's it really, really is. Again, you know, as I said to Kenneth, I don't. That's all you got to do. Knock it out. Do, do y'all? Uh, do y'all still? Do you still use No Wait? Because I know Yelp bought them, and I heard they. I mean, they jacked up their fees a lot in the last year or something. Uh, like that. I don't. I haven't seen my fees go up, but I, I was a little upset that that it was starting to be billed to Yelp because Yelp has been all over me for years about advertising. I mean, it's annoying how much they. they yeah call me and you know whatever so i look at my state I'm like who is average i'm looking at my bank i'm like who's paying yelp this money what are we doing i'm not advertising please tell me you guys didn't agree to something without telling me and cab one of my managers cash looks at me and she goes no that's no way got bought by them I'm like oh thank god oh really yeah. so I, that's one of those things that I, I mean i could change it but yeah i wouldn't want to you know yeah no, no, like no i wouldn't you, want to change got, yeah got a seamless process going um i what, mean people can go up and have a beer at the engine 15 up the parking lot and then you know it's gonna be a wait when you text them and say i'm at engine 15 i'll be down there it's awesome that's cool man well um, don what last thing i want to ask you about is i'm just trying to get my head around how do you as a restaurant owner with so much uncertainty about I mean, so many things right now, you know, with how this is all going to play out. When are people going to go back out? Is there psychological scarring that prevent, you know, how do you plan? Like, do you, I mean, is there any way to try to plan around, okay, well, this is how the, this no. is what the business is going to look like going forward. Cause no, it's just, you know, that's, that's the big question. And, and for weeks I lay in bed and I go, God, what's going on? You know, the biggest problem early again was when we weren't sure if they're going to let us operate for takeaway only so we were like a week and i'm dancing on eggshells going do i order enough you know tortillas to get me through three days or for tomorrow we're done so and we had plans to donate or give it all away if they shut us down but no i don't think you can i mean for for us we're just you know every my whole statement all my career has been you know this thing is taking on a life of its own i just try and get up every morning and not screw it up so for for now, it's now we're trying to, you know, we're managing a restaurant that's doing 30, 35% of what it always does. And we're, you know, we're looking at reports, we're looking at sales, we're looking at labor in a different way than we ever have. And just, but, you know, the important, to me, the important thing is, and it always has been, because I'm a top line sales guy versus a cost guy, which is kind of weird, but obviously you can't, you know, stay open if you don't have the sales. So we're just trying to make it easy to get in easy to get out and with what we've got which is which is really the big handicap because i only have two telephone lines and if i had four i'm not sure the kitchen could handle you know the phone ringing for those three or four hours between five and eight yeah you know what i mean so and then i get people emailing hey we'd like to place an order i'm like well either come on in or just hang in there and a buddy of mine sent me a picture of his phone where it says he tried to call our phone number and he hit it a nine next to it. Like you tried nine times. And I'm like, well, shit, I appreciate you being persistent, but I don't know what to tell you. But he ended up getting, got here and he did it. But planning, I don't know. I mean, every day we, 
we it's possible that every afternoon every press conference something could change yeah but we are just like right now i'm taking a little bit of time to i probably have 600 square feet of which is nothing of wooden floors in my bar it's the only wood floors i have i've just had them sanded and refinished we're doing the taking a little bit of opportunity while we're pretty much closed inside to take care of some things that you can't do on a monday or overnight and just you know hammering the social media and hammering uh you know trying to execute the parking lot like we need to and it's just it's been i mean again i i think it's a raging success because if you look at what is happening to so many people and so many people like all the bars and clubs were closed immediately here in jack so boom that's a ton of people employees and owners alike that they got nothing and yeah. so we're just happy to be doing what we're doing i think people appreciate that they can get food here and there's so many great places in this town that are open and we did a, a buddy of mine did a takeout bingo where he just basically was a bingo card but it let, had 16 people with a rope and we made a bunch of calls to see who was open and who's doing takeout and put them in there and didn't do anything you know when you win something small but i think it was mostly just for us to get the word out that you know catulos is open and angie subs is open and sun deli and all the places that you know you may not know and people will believe me we're looking deep for places to go get some takeout and take it home to eat so i'm i'm pleased to see a bunch more places are coming back to open um, you know, some guys just said, forget it. And then after a week or two, they said, well, maybe we should. And so like my buddies up the hill here, Mojo, or they have six or eight locations in the state and they closed down to three and then they closed down for a week, but they're back this week. I'm glad to see that. Cause we love barbecue and wings. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, good. I'm glad to hear it. Well, man, this has been great talking to you. I really appreciate it. It's wonderful to hear some good, good positive energy and, and, you know, hey. Just a, the way that y'all have been able to be nimble and adjust and adapt and just keep things cranking, man. So I tip my hat to you, tip my hat hey, to your you. to your banker, and um, yes, definitely. And just appreciate the business. And you know, uh, hey, do me a favor, by the way, because I I keep forgetting to ask people this. But if you go to um, our Instagram page, you know, at ScheduleFly, you'll see that I've got we've got all these. Uh, I'm calling them quarantine selfies but you know just every owner that i'm interviewing is shooting a uh, selfie over um if you got some any of our schedule fly gear laying around uh throw a hat on or something Ooh. if not no worries um i need to get you more anyway but uh but shoot me yeah, a I've text me a, for a while yeah man text me a pic and um we'll uh we'll put it up there and i'll send you the link to this episode later and you can share it on your social media wherever man i'm oh, sure your customers love would love to. to hear it and Definitely share it with your banker. <laughs> and, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I will. Man. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Don, I appreciate it very much, my friend. Appreciate it. Hey, everything. Will, anytime. You let me know. I appreciate it. All right, man. Y'all have Keep a good Keep it up, Aaron. Hope you guys can sell some uh, – people can sell some margaritas in North Carolina. We're, we're, I, dude, we're trying everything we can. That's for sure. <laughs> one more one more, one more, more state. So we're, 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 we're passing the word along to the governor. That, you know, it's like the only ones well, here, man. So. <laughs> you know, we just opened the beaches today. Our beaches are back open are they as really? of this morning, wow. 6 a.m. to 11 and then 5 to 8. I mean, they're trying to curtail people hanging oh, out all day, but I mean, it's been smart. closed this whole time, which I think is a little weird. Yeah, California's shut down, too. I spoke to a guy out there yesterday, and they can't even go, you know, nothing, period. So everybody's... Uh, we, went, we, we went to Satellite Beach to surf in the one afternoon. I got out of here after a couple of weeks because they had the, you can fish and surf, but you can't loiter or linger on the beach. And I'm like, that's fair. I mean, if you want to run on the beach or surf or fish, you should be able to be out there because it's, you know, 
big sky country out there. So anyway, but we're it right now. sounds like we're moving ahead a little bit down here. All right, man. We'll keep moving forward. I appreciate it, Don. Have a good one. Tell everybody I said hello and thanks for everything. I will. Thanks, Will. We'll see you. All right, man. Take care.